Bizners, Father's Day is coming up. I don't know if you know that. It's 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 coming up shortly. I just remembered that it's Father's Day when I talked to my dad the other day, and it's like, oh, man, I need to buy my dad a gift. Well, that's where Dugout Mugs could come in handy. Dugout Mugs is a company started in a college baseball dugout, hence the name Dugout Mugs. It's essentially a mug made out of the barrel of a baseball bat. That's right. They take a barrel of a bat and turn it into a 12-ounce mug. It's licensed by Major League Baseball, so your favorite team is laser engraved onto the baseball bat barrel mug. It's pretty sweet. It's, I mean, first of all, it's fun to drink out of any mug, but to get a mug out of a baseball bat kind of makes it a little more fun, especially when you got like a White Sox logo on there. It's it's perfect for the big game. You, can, you don't even have to use it. You could just put it on display, or you can use it to be the life of the party, which you already are. It's a unique gift for any baseball fan and it's a great gift for your father so if you're looking for a father's day gift or maybe you're just missing baseball and you want something to help remind you of it go to dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic and use the promo code mlb30 for 30 percent off your first purchase that's dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic and code mlb30 field people will come and it doesn't happen you have to look at how you're doing business welcome to white Sox business or is it not white Sox business i swear james and i agreed in a separate meeting that this would be white Sox business but is it possible that what we agreed upon was not what we agreed upon or wasn't even agreed upon in the first place can we even be sure that we met are we even here now will we be here tomorrow Will baseball be here tomorrow or ever again? James, what in the world is going on? I don't recall consenting to an additional meeting. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yes, we try to limit interaction as much as possible here at White Sox Business. But uh, so there's been, I mean, I, it'd be kind of hard to ignore it. There, there's been a lot of what seemed like movement in the last 24 to 48 hours as we sit there and record this episode in that Rob Manfred, who is the commissioner of Major League Baseball, and Tony Clark, who is the head of the Players Union, met in Arizona. On- Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because that's, you know, if I figure if you're going to meet somewhere, you might as well might as well do it in the place with like the highest growing rate of coronavirus <laughs> in the country. Uh, but they met two old men want to die apparently i don't know it's going to be funny when baseball resumes and they play all the games in illinois new york (laughs) instead of funny when baseball resumes for three and a half weeks before all half the league is infected (laughs) no but they're going to do they're going to do chicago and new york because that gives them four major league stadiums and then they got you know they could play in rosemont where the chicago dogs play there's there's a bunch of places they could play, but no, it's they got together on Tuesday, and at least Rob Manfred and the owners thought they'd come to some kind of you know structural agreement as far as what they were going to do, and like MLB started leaking, hey, we're getting there, we're almost there, we just got to dot some dot some eyes and cross some T's, and then the players union was like, man, we haven't agreed to shit, and now. I don't know. I still feel like it's posturing. I think that, well, here's the current structure of the deal that they have. It's currently, it'd be 100% prorated salaries, which we know, we've known for weeks was going to have to be the case for the players. They've made that pretty clear. But currently, 60 games with 10 days off, it would be a 16-team playoff instead of 10. 
and there would be a universal DH. Now, there are t- with those 10 days off, my thinking is that leaves room in there for more games, and I'm thinking that the players are going to want, obviously, more games, especially at 100% salary, because that way they're at least recouping a- some of what they've lost. So I'm thinking this is going to be negotiated to 65, 66 games is, makes more sense for scheduling, as Jason Stark pointed out on Twitter on Wednesday, but... Certainly, Evan Marshall expects it to be 66 games based off that DM to Joel Sherman that Sherman accidentally screenshotted and tweeted. I did not see that. Explain it to me. <laughs> it pretty, he, just, he just screenshotted something, and it had like a little DM notification from Evan Marshall saying, I think we'll come back with 66 games. <laughs> <laughs> did he delete the tweet, or is it still up? He, he deleted it. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. I was going to look it up. That's... That's what I was saying last episode. Evan Marshall is a great tweeter. <laughs> or great DMer, too. But where where do you stand on where this is? Do you think that we're, I mean, despite the fact that like 20 minutes after they said that they'd come to a structure of, or a framework of a deal, they're saying, no, we didn't agree to anything. But do you think that we're at least in a spot where it should be any day now, maybe even today? Yeah, I, I think they made a major step towards progress. I, I think that there is the framework that they're more operating off of. And it is back to the situation where we're sliding between five and 10 games and not, you know, complete structural disagreement entirely on what's happening. And I do again, expect that there will be baseball, uh, this attempted to be played this season. Um, it, it, I don't know. The image that comes to mind to me is like that first game, after the Pirates traded for Chris Archer and he got like a strikeout and he did like a backwards like strut <laughs> off the mound. Like MLB's doing that and it, it, it the the ump didn't ring the guy up and it's still two two. But he has got two strikes, they're feeling good. Um just needs to, you know, lock it back in and finish it off. Um But you it remember does, it happening. It it does seem to Harken back to the original sort of, uh, you know, basically the MLB has been angering the players union and I, I'm really loathe to ever come out like that leaks to the media are bad given that I am the media. And I think like the transparent, like <laughs> you're, you're step-by-step James process. scoops vegan for God's sake, but they have been kind of like angering the players union by immediately reaching out every time they have a mm-hmm. proposal and making it seem like oh, we just extended this proposal and it's this huge step towards the agreement like literally every time they propose anything and i there, i feel like there's generally like if i'm confirming a contract and i have one of the parties telling me we've agreed here are the terms of the deal I'm not going to be like, well, I, I better check with the, the socks. This doesn't sound right. Like, I'd probably just put it out right away. Um, but given the, the, the given the um, ferocious nature of the, the negotiations and the disagreement between the two parties, it seems like kind of going off of, well, this is a direct source who's involved in negotiations. I'm going to report it off. Um, that's been getting that that approach has been getting manipulated by the owners who kind of show everything that they do. As well, this is a major step towards the deal before anything from the players that really substantiates that this is actual progress or that they actually think this is is good. Because we got a lot of like every time the owners had a proposal, there was a lot of uh, initial reporting from people who were sourced on the owner side saying like, well, they think there's going to be baseball now because they made this big concession before we'd have like a 20 minute for a factory period. And then the players are like, this is a 
bullshit offer, and this is screwing us nothing closer. I don't think the players quite responded as that in that tenor this time. And I, I think it is real progress, but it was still extenuating the same kind of disagreement of, yeah, like, yeah, obviously it's a lot closer, but this is not agreement in principle. This is not a, uh, a handshake, and, you know, it's just like dotting the I's, but there, there's still some material disagreement. We're going to have a counteroffer and whatnot. So, I mean, given the fact that a couple days ago they were talking about we're done negotiating, start the season, um, all negotiation is pointless, uh, and, and whatnot. The fact that they're going board, they had this meeting that they're exchanging. It does seem like it's more of an issue of, you know, five or six more games. That's a world of progress. That's yes. so much better. That's so much more hope. It's not the breakthrough agreement that makes me think like, oh, and they'll maybe they'll knock out the CBA for post twenty twenty one for all they're at it because uh, everything's good and you know they shared uh, chicken wings at some uh, hastily reopened Arizona. <laughs> Uh, pub and grill and, and you know baseball will be peace uh labor peace for the next decade that doesn't seem like it happened but it's progress not only were rob manfred and tony clark touching hands but they were touching each other's faces which is just dangerous i don't know why they would be doing that but uh yeah i, I feel like the owners kind of showed their hand as far as like the allegations that they were just stalling in that you know like after the players last week basically said, all right, just tell us when, just tell us where we'll play. And then Trevor Bauer went on like that whole long thread about, you know, why Rob Manfred was saying that there suddenly might not be a season and just, they wanted to stall. So that way they could limit the number of games. So to see them going from, you know, the, 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 the offers that they had made to like within a day of that coming out to saying, okay, here's your hundred percent. Like they were planning to do the hundred percent all along. They just wanted to play as few games as possible to limit their losses, and I think that the timing of this just kind of proves that. Would you say I'm wrong? I think they'd probably definitely wanted to not pay 100% or make some sort of a risk um, protective mode where they could do sliding scale. I don't think that's just all posturing entirely. Uh, I, I think they're definitely hoping for it, but yeah, it, it, it seems like they expected to continue to run roughshod over the players union the way they had the last four years. And were probably a little surprised uh, that the players held them to something that they were ultimately willing to do um, the whole time. There are certain times you don't want to go to a doctor's office for a medical visit. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. And that's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment's right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel any time. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash White Sox for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash White Sox for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Now, another another takeaway for me, too, is the importance of – I mean, it's not a new thing, but we've always talked about television's impact on baseball and on sports in general as far as the revenue 
And I think it is most evident now in we saw what what the owners cared about seemingly more than anything and what they tried to get the players to care about, too, is making sure, hey, we have a playoff because that's where a lot of our revenue comes in. I mean, they literally just signed a billion dollar deal with TBS about, you know, to to show like one one or two series in a wild card game. So clearly that's where the money or a lot of the money billion is. dollars for Ernie Johnson to call baseball. For reasons unknown. <laughs> yes. So, like, then we see that in, you know, the plan, as we've seen in previous plans and reported just as a possibility, there's expanded playoffs this year and next year. And it's not just like a slightly expanded playoff. They are going from 10 to 16 teams. That means that a full, what, 20% more of the league will be in the playoffs. 16 of the 30 teams in Major League Baseball will make the playoffs. Not just this year, but next year as well. And then with the CBA expiring after 2021, I feel like we're going to see 16 teams in the playoffs going forward, which means we're going to have probably quite a few under 500 teams making the playoffs on a seemingly regular basis. And I Socks are going to the ship, baby! I just want to go on the record now saying that I hate this. I hate it. That. I mean... But again, it's it's all going to be the money because that's where most of the money is going to come in. And it's going to be like TBS is going to be like, oh, well, sh- shit, we got to give you another billion. And Fox is going to be like, oh, we're going to have to give you three billion if we want to broadcast all these games and blah, blah, blah. So I think in what we're seeing in the near future is the season's going to get shortened from 162 games to whatever. Uh, and there's going to be 16 teams in the playoffs every single year. Now, some teams, I would say probably – Six of them or maybe four to six will get a buy of some sort. And then the rest, like maybe it'll only be like one game wild cards or three game series. But I fucking hate it because it's like it's not representative of what makes teams good in the regular season. No. And it's like because like if you look at basketball, the NBA, the better teams are going to win out over a seven game series because basketball is the better teams always have a bigger advantage over the bad teams to begin with. So over when you play a seven game series, the better team's going to win in baseball. There's not that huge of a disparity between the great teams and the bad teams in a short series. That's why you play such a long season to help really determine who the best teams are. So the playoffs as they already were, were too random really to be a true reflection of who the best team was in any given year as much as it's just the team that got hot late in the year and played well for a few weeks in October. And now that half the league is going to be getting in, it's just, it's going to be a crapshoot of crapshoot proportions, like a r- ridiculous. Like I'm realistic. I know that the playoffs are such a big moneymaker and such a cash cow and bring them so much TV money that it's always going to be something that they want to heavily emphasize. But I would rather have longer series um, yeah. than more teams in. I, I would, would, I would rather have, have more representative uh, results. Yeah, eight teams or whatever, 10 teams, whatever. If you want to stick with 10, fine, and have like a one-game playoff to get in, although I freaking hate that idea, although I do like watching the games. But I hate that right. I, I hate that idea on, on its face. But I would rather have a seven-game series every round than adding more teams. Yeah, I, I love, you know, I love watching the – ridiculously fluke result with unrepresentative outcomes um but like looking back at it historically it'll be dumb to be like you know um the seattle mariners won the 2020 world series Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's also you know what else we're gonna see we're gonna see it's gonna lead to teams tanking a little bit 
Not I mean, like they already tank. No, but I mean, even good teams. Like we're going to see teams, you know, not having to worry so much about making sure that they win every game because you could still get in the playoffs. So they're going to stress health. So we're going to see a lot more, uh, maybe mysterious DL stints for guys just to keep them off, and that way they could bring somebody up. Because like, if you're if you're the White Sox and you're clearly on pace for a hundred win season, and you know it's it's August, and you're like, well, shit. We could probably lose the rest of our games and still make the playoffs at this rate, or maybe at least still get a buy. You're going to see teams that are in that position just doing weird things that they can't afford to do now because it's too close and there's not enough spots, and it's so important that you win the division. So I don't know. We need to see what the exact format is going to look like, but I think that's going to be one of the unintended consequences, and I'm not sure that's good. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I It just I, – I can't – say i know exactly what the consequences will be um i just feel like you'll probably see less teams kind of push in at the deadline mm-hmm. super aggressively oh and it's going to kill the trade deadline yeah because everybody I mean, i don't know it, it'll definitely change it i don't know if it kills it entirely but uh yeah it'll definitely be weird it's definitely less sellers um so that's part of it it'll make um, the winter meetings more fun because i think more of the big trades from now on will all be done during the winter I don't think you're going to see major blockbusters in the summer anymore, although things had already been trending that way to begin with. But with literally over half the league being eligible for the playoffs every single year, by the time the trade deadline comes around, unless you push it back until like the end of August for good. What's your definition of the winter meetings being fun? As far as transactions to talk about. Because oh, like, if there's no trades to make and there's no signings, I can just hang out at the bar and do gossip with baseball people the whole time and not write. And that's fun. You know, James, this might be hard to believe, but baseball's for the fans, not the media. Yeah. But no, seriously, if if the trade deadline's still in July or something and there's 16 teams making the playoffs, how many teams in July are going to sit there and say, well, we're definitely out of it? Uh, Theoretically, nobody, but... Well, they also, I mean, part of part of something we've seen these past couple of years is people saying that the wild card game is like it's so random that it's not like an appropriate entry to the playoffs. It's not something worth pushing your chips in if you're just like a wild card team. So depending on what that expanded playoffs look like, are there people are there teams that are going to be kind of lackadaisical about even getting into the bottom of the playoffs? Because they think like, well, it's just like, a, you know, it's not a great shot to really advance. Uh, speaking of another change that I think this new deal, if it goes into place, is keeping forever, the universal DH. The current plan would have it in- implemented for this whatever season, <clears throat> whatever this season would be, as well as next season, because we I think it gets lost in the sauce a little bit that next year is probably going to be a shorter season, too, just based on the way things are going. But don't know what you mean. Everything yeah. looks great. <laughs> but. The CBA expires after 2021, and the players union has been had been the, another short season. Yeah, so, and the players <laughs> and union the has had heads. the players union has had the universal DH on the table for a while. It's always been pushed to the side as far as okay, we'll we'll work on that next time. But I think that this is something the owners consider a concession to the union as far as helping speed things along. So I would be shocked at this point if we ever see a pitcher is a hitter again, at least not as like a pinch hitter. I mean, some pitchers might still hit. So I think, I think the DH is now in and is going to be in for both leagues forever. And I think that's good. Not because just simply the DH I've like, I would be fine if pitchers hit in both leagues, if that's the way they chose to go, it just doesn't make any sense from a player's union perspective or, but 
I'm just happy to see that now we're in a place where Major League Baseball is going to have everybody in the league playing by the same rules, which is just logically to me. But you don't you don't like the wackadoodle no. changes and differences all the time. No. And every park is different. And- I don't mind the parks being different. That's enough. I don't need to have different rules and different strategy. And also, like you have Angel Hernandez floating around the league, <laughs> changing the strike zone like uh, periodically and whatnot. Well, speaking of like robot umps, I don't know if you watched Aston Villa on on Wednesday, but they had like Sheffield United scored that goal in which the goal line technology did not rule it a goal, even though it was clearly one million percent a goal because none of their seven cameras had like an instance. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I can't wait until we get robot umps and that starts happening in baseball. So then everybody that's been thinking that robots will fix it will have no idea what to do at that point. But anyways, getting off topic. Do you agree that the DH is here forever? Uh, yeah, it makes sense. It's something the players want. It's something that should be mostly meaningless to the owners. So why they wouldn't make that concession and give it to the players if it is something they want um, seems pretty logical. Um, pitchers are not really hitting throughout their career uh, the way they may be used to. I mean, they don't do it ever in the minor leagues. They don't do it ever in college. You know, if they're really specialized and yeah, the the as much as we rave rant against it, the plague of specialization is is running rampant. They're not doing it that much uh, in high school anymore. It's 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 always like it was the worst hitter, but now it's just like it's literally an automatic out. It's kind of like to the point. Well, of, most of the time, I mean, the if, picture- they, if they got rid of uh, the automatic, if they got rid of actually having to throw four balls, why wouldn't you get yeah. rid of this automatic out? If you're just getting rid of like stupid processes in the game and it's not even that like pitchers can't hit because they don't really work on it as much as it's like you see most of the time when a pitcher is up at bat he doesn't really even give a shit he's just kind of standing there it's like well yeah and jimmy nelson getting a single in the seventh inning is not where jimmy nelson like tearing his labrum and basically never pitching to effectiveness again yeah that's a calculation teams are constantly making so my thoughts immediately went from oh okay cool so we're finally gonna have the same rule to hey the White Sox have like 85 DHs on their roster. Trade season, baby. How can they take advantage of this? Because I think this is going to be stuck around for a while. So I don't know. I mean, your mean Mercedes is the name that's popped up. I don't know what kind of return they would be able to get for your mean Mercedes based on the fact that he has no real major league track record, even for a National League team that's desperate to add a DH type. But do you think that Zach Collins at least becomes something that could maybe they could, you know, get something of use for? Uh, maybe I still think that the market for universal DH, however panicked it might get, um, it was probably lean more towards, uh, someone who's actually hitting the big leagues to some degree, rather than just like frantically dealing something of value for a quad a masher until proven otherwise. Uh, like, yeah, exact Collins has potential and there's reason to believe he would hit, but I, I just don't see like. Well, he had a good September, and he's good AAA numbers. Here's uh, our number five prospect for him. Like, I, I, I still don't see like that value really spiking until he actually probably has more of a track record. Well, I don't see I him getting a lot of team control. I could be wrong. I don't see them getting like a top five prospect from a team. I mean, like you could trade Zach Collins to a National League team for maybe a bullpen arm or just something useful. Because I, I just think that I feel like they'd be quite the black eye to the org, given how much they've talked about Zach Collins. I, I mean, and maybe that's coming inevitably anyway, and they should just embrace it. But just 
yeah, he's a catcher of the future. He's a he's a first rounder. Uh, we would pick them first overall. Uh, well, actually, Evan Marshall got hurt, and we needed somebody else to get ground balls in the seventh inning. Like that would be quite the, <laughs> but, the transition, right? But he's also like kind of redundant in that it doesn't. Kinda. It doesn't really seem like he's if he is a catcher. It doesn't seem like he's ever going to be something that we'd consider to be an excellent catcher behind the plate. And I just don't think that, I mean, you've got Grandall signed for four years. So yes, you, you signed the guy that Zach Collins hired to help train yeah. him in college. So you've got your catcher for at least the next four years. And I don't think Zach Collins is the guy that's going to be your regular first baseman DH going forward anyway. And also those guys are easy to find for the most part. But right now the national, there is League, a role for him opening up like next season when McCann, uh, you know, deservedly says screw this and you know finds a team that will make him a starting catcher but what if mccann doesn't have a starting catcher type of season <laughs> he's not gonna have anything type of season because he's gonna play like in 20 games but i'm saying though like what if his bat pip isn't like 420 or whatever it was last year and blaze it um <laughs> yeah I, I still think he can find a market somewhere else and he can at least find a, se- a place where he has a more immediate route to playing time than the backup for a top three catcher in the sport I think that he'd be able to, if he stayed here, he might be able to get first base in DH time. I think he's gone. Gone gone, gone in November. Wow. James, breaking news right here. James McCann, out the door. It's important to smell good. I was sitting on the couch the other day with the lady. We were watching TV. She was snuggling up a little close to me, and she, she made a remark that, you know, uh, I, was, I was getting kind of funky. I wish I had gone to Hawthorne.co to take care of that, because Hawthorne makes smells that smell really good. Hawthorne makes scents that are tailored to you and what you want and what you love. So you should head to hawthorne.co. That's hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hawthorne.co and promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. Your friends, your family, they'll thank you for it. I just feel like there might not be a better time to maybe f- take a little more than one of those guys is probably really worth than right now when NL teams might be scrambling to find that guy. Although with this short of a season, maybe NL teams aren't going to be exactly you know dying to add somebody for 60 some odd games. But like I guess Collins has clearly he has more control than that. But maybe next year would be the time where that becomes something that's Tatis for Gavin Sheets on deck. You know, that sounds ridiculous, but I don't think we're ever reaching a point where we could put anything past the Padres, to be honest. They, 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 they live it wild. <laughs> uh, anything else you got to say about the DH? Um, remember that time Burley hit a dinger? Well, here's one. What if the White Sox were to trade Jose Abreu now? It would start a revolt, but... It, it would clear some money. <laughs> I don't think that's a possibility, but you, you do wonder if somebody came with like a, hey, what would you want for this? What if we gave you that? If it wouldn't be to their benefit to consider it, at least. I don't feel like Jerry would love that. No, I think Jerry would probably kill it. But, you know, I don't know. I think it's I still like think you can. We can either kill this trade or you can kill me. But... <laughs> do you think he's ever said that? Uh, no, not in so many words. <laughs> Maybe I'll kill you if you don't kill this trade. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, 
that about, I think, wraps it up. It's time to get to shout-outs. It's a very, very special edition of shout-outs, as is usually the case. I will go first. I have quite a few different people to shout-out here. First, I'd like to shout-out all the business who've listened to this little show of ours. I hope we've been putting out a show that you've both found informative and fun to listen to, particularly during a time when you'd rather be watching actual baseball instead of listening to two dudes theorize about baseball. I'd also like to send a shout out to The Athletic for letting me do this show in the first place and thank them for giving me as much freedom as they possibly could while doing the show. I'd like to shout out Mr. Cameron Molina for producing the show all along and dealing with both my ego and James's technical difficulties. Mm. I appreciate that aside from just recording the show and editing it, you've contributed ideas to the show and helped mold it into what it's become and was becoming. Finally, I'd like to shout out you, James Fegan, for asking me to do the show in the first place. I know that I wasn't your first choice as co-host of the show, but I'd have asked Scott Merkin before me as well, so don't worry about it. You're the best writer on the White Sox beat, and this fan base is lucky to have you. It's been a blast doing the show with you for just over a year now. Now, dear business, if you haven't figured it out yet, this is my last show. I'm not entirely sure what the future of White Sox business as a whole is, but for now, I just know that I won't be involved. It's been a tough time in this industry for all involved and the athletic had decisions to make, as did I. It sucks, but there are certainly no hard feelings on my end. As I said earlier, the athletic has been terrific throughout my entire time here, even the end. Maybe one day in the future, when things get back to whatever the hell normal is, I'll be back. I truly hope that is indeed the case. James, who's your shout out for? My shout out is to you, Tom. Uh, you did a great job hosting the show for slightly more than a year. Uh, it cannot be emphasized enough that you literally organized every show and I just showed up um, like a lazy, um, hungover teenager and often uh, straight off topic and, and, and wasted <laughs> everybody's time. What the fuck? So, was that? I. I <laughs> <laughs> I could not have uh, I could not have asked for a better, more organized co-host. <laughs> I could have asked for a better producer and uh, possibly more judicious use of drops, but I could not have uh, expected any better from you, Tom. This guy doesn't. Th- this guy didn't do a drop for like the last three months, and now all of a sudden he's got them all at his disposal. Um, yeah, I, I'm a ramen man. <laughs> I'm so bummed out that this is ending. Uh. Yeah, it's obviously beyond both of our control at this point. Um, but I, I still don't really care about college football that much, so I probably won't be reading much of your stuff. But <laughs> I, I will be. I think after our year together, I think I will understand your soccer tweets a bit more. And hell, maybe I'll start uh, go down a, a, a downward spiral and start gambling based off your advice. Why not? Hell yeah. If 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 I if the only thing I accomplished out of doing this show for the last year was getting more people into soccer, <laughs> then damn it, it was a success. Uh yeah, no, it it sucks. I'm not happy about it, but it's I like I said, it makes sense on both ends and it just it's just a reality of the situation that we're all dealing with. The good news is now that I'm out, they'll probably come to an agreement within the next 
two hours and baseball will be back. And then I figure you, me, and Cam can just call each other twice a week and talk for 55 minutes. Maybe we'll bring on a fourth. We'll see how it goes. Who knows? There is a job opening that I think you might be interested in. Uh, it's recent turmoil, and uh, some people were let go, and there, there's an opening now. Uh, Tiago needs a new business manager. <laughs> he, he fired his dad. Wow. <laughs> um, is he still at uh, Besiktas? Yes. Wow. Well, much to his, uh, much to his, seems to be the central source of irritation. I don't know. Had a whole tray of gummies thrown at me and cursed <laughs> at in Turkish. Whatever, whatever happens to this podcast in the future without me around, I hope that you continue keeping the world informed about Tiago's exploits in Turkey, because I think you know the whole world's rooting for that little guy. He's he's a big guy. He's six one. He towers over these little soccer players. Uh, well, yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, I hope you continue listening to the show, even if I'm not on it. I might. I don't know. James just said he's not going to read my writing, so maybe I'll listen. I don't know. We'll see. Who cares? Maybe I'll never start. Maybe I'll never watch White Sox game again. Maybe this was the last tether to the team that I had. All right, I'll I'll read some stuff about. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I almost called the Notre Dame starting quarterback Ian Happ. So maybe I'm not really that tight in the football at all anymore. <laughs> all right. Uh, for Notre Dame quarterback Ian Happ, James Vegan, Cam Molina, I'm Tom Fernelli. Maybe we'll see each other again someday soon.